Free Talk Live, and you're invited. If you want to join in, you can dial on up at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian, Nikki, and Bonnie. And, of course, you can take control and bring up whatever you want to discuss. But on the way here tonight, we got the, apparently, a corrections officer. Nikki's got this story on the way. Who took a bribe to let the male prisoners or the male inmates in to the female block. And, uh, well, you can imagine things didn't go very well after that. We'll tell you uh, that story coming up here tonight. Of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome. But, Bonnie, you and I had a similar story that we happen to have together in the show prep for tonight. And that is about depression. And you wanted to share that. Something that a lot of people, we were just talking, I think it was last night, about the, the just the insane amount of people that claim that they have anxiety and depression. You and Aria were talking about it on the yeah. show yesterday? Yeah, we just happened to be talking about that this week. I think it was yesterday, if not the, day, the night before. But I think it was last night. And it's very, it seems very, very common amongst young people. Now, the two of you are, I think, our two youngest hosts. You're still in your 20s. Unless you count Zephin. Zephin's an occasional host, but yeah, he's. I guess he is younger than you guys. But it seems like a thing. Nikki, did you were you when you were you know going through high school or college or whatever? Did you have a lot of people that have anxiety? Oh yeah, around you? and especially now it's like the cool thing. Like being a sad girl is cool. It's like a a personality trait. So I, and it doesn't make sense because you would think that being happy. And fun to be around would be more cool, but for some reason, it's like a badge of honor to like have depression or anxiety or any of these other mental illnesses. Even the quote-unquote coolness of it is just in these people's minds. Like mm. uh, the idea that it's you're actually going to be like creating, uh, you know, a cool persona that people want to be around is completely just mad. It's just that people on the internet will give you more attention, but in real life. No one wants to be around somebody who makes that their entire personality. Like, like Nikki said, like it is actually, you know, the is it opposite true of the that truth. no one wants to be around them? Because I mean, you hear a lot about it. Is it just something people talk about online, or do people actually get together and say, "Man, I'm so depressed." Oh yeah, I'm really depressed too. Boy, it really sucks to be well, depressed and talk about their, you know, how awful life is. I, I can't imagine that those people are not doing that in real life as well. They, they probably are. And I know self-harming is a really big thing now. And it's kind of seen as like a, a cool thing to do. So sometimes like cliques of girls, it's usually girls, but sometimes mm-hmm. guys too will like, you cut know. Cut themselves together? Yeah, well, maybe not together, but they'll be like, oh, well, I see that you have cuts on your wrists and I do too. So like mm-hmm. now we're going to be afraid. It's like, it's a weird thing, you know, uh, like back in the day it was the Blood Brothers where you would cut the palm of your hand and yeah. then put your blood together. It's kind of like that. So weird. It's definitely not new. Like when I was in the end of elementary school is mm-hmm. when I first started hearing about friends that like I cut, like my mom grounded me so I cut. It's amazing that people even talk about that. I mean, it's like to me, it would seem like an embarrassing thing to do something like that. But I guess they're reaching out uh, to some extent to try to feel like they can connect with somebody over this uh, habit, this nasty habit. Uh, and and I and I think what we're going to find out here is that depression is just a habit. And Bonnie, you've got a story here. It's a habit of thinking that people get into, and then they blame 
oh, well, it's my brain. It's, it's a problem with a chemical imbalance. And I, having known people who claim to be depressed, and usually also a lot of them claim to be anxious at the same time or whatever, but this article focuses specifically on depression. Having known people in my life who've made this claim, they always swear it's not them, it's just the chemicals, and they need to have some other chemical uh, that they can take forever, you know, every well, single day. Well, that's what Big Pharma wants them right. to think. Yeah. And, well, I mean, it, to some extent, if you believe a thing, then it's definitely true, right? Especially so, when it involves your brain. Yeah. If you think a certain way, yeah, that can affect your brain. So what do we need to know here, Bonnie? What's the news that's actually making it into the mainstream? This from Metro.UK. Depression is not caused by a chemical imbalance in the brain, say say scientists. There is no clear evidence that depression is caused by low serotonin levels, research suggests. The new review, which analyzed existing studies, suggests the condition is not likely caused by a chemical imbalance and calls into question what antidepressants do. So, like, one of the... I, I posted about this on Twitter and one of the, you know, feedbacks, pushbacks I got mm-hmm. about it was, oh, well, this isn't... I don't know how to explain it, but somebody said that the people who... I don't know the facts, so off the top of my head, but the people who did this study work for some kind of pack or something that is against antidepressants. But all they did was review ex- existing studies. So it's not like they went and made a new study that mm-hmm. was, you know really pushed on their side to make it like oh it's just going to show up to show that what we believe it's reviewing studies that already happened well are they making money off of it like what would their incentive be to to lie about this you know where pharmaceutical companies absolutely are making millions and millions and millions of dollars by telling people that they have a chemical imbalance in their brain there's no way to fix it through meditation through different thinking through like healthy habits the only way to fix it is to take our drugs that are very expensive forever forever yeah i mean it's probably more like billions a year i mean millions is really on the small side if you think about uh, COVID and all that, and the the multiple tens of billions or hundreds of billions they've made off of that depression is, show it's got to be huge. The amount of people I know that have been on them is like I don't know, like it seems like half of the people my age. Yeah, it's not small. What else do we need to know? This page keeps moving itself. Okay, researchers say their findings are important as studies show that as many as eighty-five to ninety percent of the public believes that depression is caused by low serotonin or a chemical imbalance. Most antidepressants are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs, and were originally said to work by correcting abnormally low serotonin levels. There is no other accepted way by which antidepressants affect the symptoms of depression. Lead author Joanna Moncrief, a professor of psychiatry at UCL, so, you know, she's a professor. It's not like she's a, a quack. I well, mean, professors be quack. can be quacks. <laughs> but it's not like she's just some mom who hates yeah, antidepressants. Yeah, some random person, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. Is a consultant... Well, just hold on. It, as they point out here, if 85 to 90% of the public has this belief, which, of course, has been parroted by mainstream media, has been parroted by uh, the feds doctors, online. you know, you name it, for probably decades now... So that's why it's 85 to 90 percent. Anybody that goes against that is going to get significant pushback. There are going to be people, not just the pharmaceutical industry, but the true believers, the people who have always been told that this is true, that that's what they believe is true. And they could not possibly believe 
be led to this, you know, cognitive dissonance is a tough thing, right? Like cognitive dissonance, the idea that people push back naturally, it's just sort of of a human thing to do. They push back against any evidence to suggest that they could be wrong about something. And it's one thing to have cognitive dissonance when it comes to, say, like a political belief, because usually that's referring to something outside of you. Even though you have the belief, it's about a political party or it's about an issue or something that's going on, usually external to you. And so you can eventually, with enough evidence and you know some, some peer pressure or whatever, you could change that belief. And it's not going to shock you to your core, I don't think. But to come to the conclusion that you've been wrong for your entire life... Or however many years you've had depression, quote You've been unquote. wrong and lied to. Yes, and you believe everyone. that. And you believe that for so long, you believe that this is your problem, that is your brain uh, that has a chemical imbalance. To come to that conclusion, to get over that particular form of cognitive dissonance, must be even more difficult. Well, what it really does is it takes the responsibility out of it. So people need to take self-responsibility for their own thoughts and their own lifestyle choices. Mm-hmm. So when you tell somebody who firmly believes I have a chemical imbalance and I need to take these drugs to feel better and it's not my fault. Once you try to give them the responsibility of their own treatment, that's very confronting for a lot of people. Yeah, that's a that's a really important point. A lot of people want to blame somebody else or something else or something outside of their control. And I think what you're going to get to here, Bonnie, is that the people that looked at these studies are saying, well, maybe... And I don't know if they come to this conclusion. I've not seen this myself. But maybe... It can be something that an individual can just fix on their own without chemicals. More coming up. It is Free Talk Live, and the phones are open here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. If you're interested in learning about Bitcoin... Cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, we recommend you head over to Bitcoin.com and click Get Started right there at the top of the page. Bitcoin nudged up a little bit earlier today. It is now at 22,800 and change uh, for one Bitcoin. But remember, you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin if you want to get into cryptocurrency. You can buy a fraction of it. You can buy 50 bucks worth, 20 bucks worth. Uh, it just depends on you know what you are willing to put up there and potentially lose because you know it is a risky thing. You do need to learn some things about it. Although over time, most people who have gotten into it, anybody that got into it prior to the year two, uh, 2020 is probably up compared to where it is uh, today uh, because it's only down from its high last year, but it's still higher than it was in the first 11 years that uh, that it existed so just you have to zoom out whenever you're looking at the price changes on bitcoin to get a perspective on it but go and click get started at the top of the page and you'll start learning about some of the basics about cryptocurrency and what makes it different from the old government monies and the bankers monies that we've been used to for so many generations once again bitcoin.com click get started at the top of the page you're never too late to get into the world of cryptocurrency and you can also get the latest news headlines on their news site it's updated every day over at news.bitcoin.com bonnie you are sharing with us a what they call them i believe a meta study which is a study of studies where they look at i don't know how many studies but they looked at multiple studies and 
Surprise! These researchers found that apparently depression is not actually caused by low serotonin levels, which is, of course, the standard viewpoint about depression. And they say, according to their findings, 85 to 90 percent of the public believes that depression is caused by some sort of a chemical imbalance in people's brains. And they're saying not so fast. Yes. And I would like to say before we, before we even get any deeper into it, I'm not saying depression doesn't exist. We were talking about this during the break. Yeah, I, sure. I think that people can be depressed. I think that this study hasn't? is good news for anyone who feels that way because it means that you're able to help yourself. You're able to get completely better, not go on a pill that you're paying for for the rest of your life that right. makes you numb to human emotions, which are an important part of growing as an individual, healing our world together. Speaking of people who are numb to human emotions, aren't like almost all of the school shooters on these drugs? Yeah. Yep. Well, or you should see they? the side effects of SSRIs. It's homic- like homicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. suicidal thoughts, increased depression. They're, it's so I just don't understand why they're even giving them to people I when homicidal thoughts is a possible right, side, side effect. effect. And you know some of them that aren't as nasty but still bad. Uh, I always tell this story of a friend of ours who was a co-host here on Free Talk Live in the early days. His name was Mike. And uh, he was on, I forget which one, or more than one or whatever. He was on one of these things. And he said it made him break out all over his back. Like mm-hmm. acne on his back all over the place. It killed his sex drive as well. And so, like, even if he had a sex drive, he had acne all over his back, which didn't make him feel particularly attractive yeah. uh, in that particular case. And it's just like, how is that not causing you to have depression, right? Like, now you have no interest in sex and you are really unattractive as a result of taking these pills. Like That's it, helping? It wouldn't have been any better to just, you know, go change your friendships, change your lifestyle, go outside more, take more walks, get a dog. Yeah. Well, you, and know. you know what? A lot of people don't want to do that. And I'm not saying that about your friend, but no. a lot of people don't want to take responsibility of their own lives and they don't want to make the necessary lifestyle changes to positively reflect their mental health. Well, and. And to be fair to somebody who's depressed, they don't want it because they're depressed, yeah. right? Yeah, like, you have like you, low uh, energy and motivation. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle. It's, it's hard to convince. Like you can see that there have been other studies that say one of the best things you can do if you're depressed is go take a walk. You know, get out of your surroundings, get some fresh air. Yeah, vitamin some, D. Right, get some sunlight, see some nature, uh, and just you know move. Physical but, exercise is good, and you can tell these people that. But they don't. They don't care. But the best thing about the way that we look at this study that we're not just like, oh no, we don't have you know we don't have that anymore. We're the type of people that will look at that and see it as good news that you know it's not a chemical imbalance in people's brain is because we have a sense of personal responsibility. That's why we're all voluntarists. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's not that I think that the average person who claims to be dep- or is depressed is that way because they're just completely irresponsible like children. It's just the the way this uh, society has completely brainwashed people into believing, you know, this, that the world owes you something. The world owes you sure. something and it's not, you know, you don't feel good. You should go get fixed by someone else. There's nothing inside of you that can fix yourself. And And the thing about it is the fact that it's really hard to pull yourself out instead of getting pulled out so quote unquote by Mm. these pills it just makes it that much more amazing to be just human once you're pulled you pulled yourself out 
And, uh, well, you you've know, accomplished something. You've, you've, you've accomplished something yourself. amazing. You've transformed. Yeah, I yeah, just want to better. get all that stuff out before we continued on. Because I don't, I don't like sounding like those type of, you know, millennials or idiots. They aren't really depressed. Just, you know, rub some dirt on it. You know, I don't like to yeah. sound like that. But I think that's how some people took it when I posted about it on Twitter. All right. The lead author, Joanna Moncrief, a professor of psychiatry at UCL, is a consultant psychiatrist, which psychiatrist instead of psychologist means she prescribes drugs. So it's like even more, uh, you know, reasons she might want to keep people thinking that they have an imbalance and need drugs. Sure. Well, and she probably has a lot of experience with it, too, because she sees people, she works closely with them, so she sees the effect of certain antidepressants. Oh, yeah. It says she is a consultant psychiatrist at Northeast London NHS Foundation Trust. She said, quote, it is always difficult to prove a negative, but I think we can safely say that after a vast amount of research conducted over several decades... There is no convincing evidence that depression is caused by serotonin uh, abnormalities, particularly by lower levels or reduced activity of serotonin. The popularity of the chemical imbalance theory of depression has coincided with a huge increase in the use of antidepressants. Prescriptions for antidepressants have risen dramatically since the 1990s, with one in six adults in England and 2% of teenagers now prescribed an antidepressant in any given year. I'm surprised it's it's that low, honestly. I mean, I feel like but, uh, is that just England? Because I feel like England. it's way bigger. I mean, but you know, they're both Western societies, so we could presumably extrapolate that there are similar levels in the U.S. But maybe it is much worse here. I don't know. That'd be something worth worth looking into. I feel like it's more than that. But then again, one in six is also a fairly large number as far as adults. She continues. Many people take antidepressants because they have been led to believe, told. Uh, Their depression has a biochemical cause, but this new research suggests this belief is not grounded in evidence. Professor Moncrief added, thousands of people suffer from side effects of antidepressants, including the severe withdrawal effects that can occur when people try to stop them. Yeah, prescription rates continue to rise. Yeah, they say this is something you should not quit cold turkey, oh, right? Oh, no, yeah. And if you've been on it for a certain amount of years, like my uh, old friend who I'm not friends with anymore, um, was on Zoloft since she was 10, and she's wow. two years older than me. She believes, I don't know if it's true, that she can never go off it or she'll die. I mean, that's what the doctors say. That's awful. What? I think it's child abuse to put your kids on antidepressants at 10 years old. That's insane. The number is 603-283-6160. You want to tell us your depression story? Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com Talk live, and you can join us here if you want to talk about quitting antidepressants or if you defeated depression in your own way without using some pharmaceutical chemical. You're welcome to join us here. Bring up whatever you want as well. It's 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. 
Uh, Bonnie, something you said on the air a few moments ago was that you'd heard that Zoloft will kill you even if you try to get off it by weaning off. That apparently is not true. Uh, You can wean off these things, but it is a slow process. Uh, It's not real clear how long it takes, but it's for years from a girl that I've known since I was like 12 who's been on it since she was 10. So, yeah, I thought for sure it must be true. What? Well, a lot of them, you're told not to stop cold turkey. I've heard that. So you have to right. slowly taper down the dose or else there's some legitimate physical effects that you might have that aren't good. Correct. Yeah, there was a certain term for that. Uh, basically, it's like a discontinuation syndrome, I think is is what they call it. And it's some pretty ugly effects. So, yeah, you definitely want to take your time uh, getting off these things if you are on them. But, of course, it's best to not start them in the first place. And, Bonnie, you're telling us a story from, uh, it's in various different sources, but the Metro in the UK is uh, reporting on it, uh, looking at a meta-study of other studies, and the people that looked at these studies are saying there really isn't any evidence that there's chemical imbalance that causes depression. That's my understanding so far. So what else do we need to know? Yes, this woman, Professor Moncrief, who is head of this study, she's a psychiatrist herself, so she's prescribing uh, drugs, but she doesn't believe that... Um, She doesn't believe the amount of drugs prescribed are really necessary. She says, we believe this situation has been driven partly by the false belief that depression is due to a chemical imbalance. It is high time to inform the public that this belief is not grounded in science. Unquote. The Umbrella Review looked at all relevant studies that have been published in the most important fields of research on serotonin and depression. In total, these involved tens of thousands of participants. Wow. One of the findings was that research was compared or that compared levels of serotonin and its breakdown products in the blood or brain fluids did not find a difference between people diagnosed with depression and healthy people. The authors hmm. Wait, what? Just hmm. The authors also looked at studies where serotonin levels were artificially lowered in Hundreds of people. These studies have been cited as demonstrating that a serotonin deficiency is linked to depression. But a review of the research available in 2007 and a sample of recent studies found that lowering serotonin in this way did not produce depression in hundreds of healthy volunteers. Uh Oh, wow. Other studies looked at the effects of stressful life events and found that the more stressful life events a person had experienced, the more likely likely they were to be depressed. Makes and see, sense. that's the thing that made, has always made sense to me. Like, um, people who like to say, oh, I'm just, I have depression and you're not depressed. depressed. I feel like it's some form of crazy hubris and like an a-hole thing to say, like, oh, I I just happen to have a brain that is like that, and you couldn't possibly understand what I'm going through. Like I I'm not even gonna ask what you, like what you've been through, what your life is like, and I know nothing about it. But I'm mm-hmm. depressed. If you haven't been diagnosed with a chemical imbalance in your brain, you couldn't understand what it. And it, I don't think that most people mean it that way. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so ridiculous when you're like looking at it in real terms. Well, and it does make sense that a lot more people are having depression nowadays because with the cost of living rising and wages not really matching that, lockdowns, um, children are under so much stress, even in public schools Mm -hmm. where they're forced to sit in a chair eight hours a day and then they're even given more homework. It's they have no time to play. So it's it's no wonder that children and adults are under way more stress nowadays. Yeah, and I've heard what you're talking about, Bonnie, with the, the you know the diagnosed 
depression person definitely feels like they're in a very special category and no one else except someone else who's been through the diagnosis and is you know similarly cir- uh, circumstanced is uh, could possibly relate to them and i i think a lot of people have had whatever small bouts or long bouts with depression in their lives through various different circumstances and there's just a difference in the kind of person who believes that they can overcome whatever it is that that life throws at them whether it be some sort of external circumstance or something internal which of course what we're talking about with depression and then there's the person who just wants to have a pill as the way out and they need a doctor and a so-called expert uh, that they can trust in and the thing about it with with this as with everything is if you believe you can or you believe you can't either way you're right that's true well, and especially for me with my own personal experience, when I was probably in middle school, I was experiencing some form of depression or whatever. And to be completely honest, now reflecting on it as an adult, I really just see that I was attention seeking. Hmm. Like I really just wanted attention and validation from like maybe my parents, my family and my peers so I was kind of... So if you're unwell, you're going to get more attention. Right? Yeah, exactly. So that's what it was for me. But mm. I was able to kind of resolve these things through changing my thinking, going into spirituality, diving what, into yoga. What so, led you down that road? I mean, were when you were telling people that you weren't feeling well or that you were feeling depressed, were they trying to take you to doctors? Well, or how did you end up you going know, that way? It, I think it was just being in toxic online communities where it was seen as cool and maybe some of my friends were exhibiting some of the same things Mm -hmm. so it was just a sense of togetherness Mm -hmm. you know and then we can be miserable together yeah exactly Mm -hmm. misery loves company right so stuff like that and then I also danced a lot when I was a kid and I think maybe the stress from that and you know body image issues of feeling Mm -hmm. like you need you know ballet is really hardcore so like you need to look a certain way and act a certain way and it's very very strict so I think all of those were just a very stressful combination for me and it was just the only way that I could explain the way I was feeling but once I and it was actually funny it all kind of happened at once once I started using psychedelics smoking pot I stopped dancing I started you know, diving into spirituality. I started practicing yoga. Once I made those really, you know, fundamental changes in my life, I saw the world a completely different way. Mm. And it was like, you know, I had all of a sudden I could see rainbows instead of storm clouds. You know what I mean? And I've seen a lot of other people do stuff like that. I've seen people who have severe PTSD take mushrooms and that and can, it's cured. you know, and I'm not saying that that works for everybody. No. And I think that's what I wanted to point out about this as somebody who has also used, you know, some psychedelics in my life and cannabis regularly until I got, you know, my house raided and I haven't used it, <laughs> haven't used it since then. Uh, but, you know, prior to that, since I was 16, basically, the uh, the old statement about cannabis is that, you know, it will actually make some depression worse. Like, you're not guaranteed mm. to solve your depression. I think, it, I think by- it can because it gives you like a mirror of like it shows you what's going on. And if you're not willing to face that, you'll be- think, oh, this, you know, this is freaking me out. This is, mm-hmm. uh you know, g- making me more depressed or it, you I know. mean, possibly. I know I used to smoke pot a lot and then nowadays if i do that i get really paranoid and really anxious Mm. so 
you know, I think it can be a medicine used for people at different points in their life. And I think mm-hmm. maybe we grow out of it or maybe we don't need it anymore. And obviously everybody has to follow a different path. Sure. But I think that your intentions are important when it comes to things like this. So there's the kind of person who would use not just cannabis, but alcohol or some other drug as an escape, right? Like, oh, well, you know, I'm depressed, so I'm just going to get high. That's a different viewpoint than somebody who is looking to have kind of a spiritual journey. A sacrament. Uh, or, yes, using it as a sacramental purpose to, for self-exploration and, you know, review. Uh, those are very different reasons for using this the same drug. So it definitely depends on your intentions going into it, I think, big time. I think a lot of people use marijuana for escapism. Mm-hmm. And I think if you dis respect a living plant which is what marijuana is which is what all, all plants are you know they have their own minds and sentience and when you ingest uh any kind of plant that has like a medicinal effect like that it's communing with you i think that if you're abusing it it's going to show you i don't think it's going to abuse you back i think it just shows you what's going on in your life and a lot of times it's not pretty some people don't want to see that uh the number here is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 more about depression coming up you can join us it's free talk live and the number if you want to join us 603-283-6160 maybe you want to tell us your story about how you were on some of these ssris the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors and you got off of them and you managed to beat depression in your own way. Or maybe you never even got on them in the first place. And you have a story about how you got through depression and bested it. And now you're a more positive person or whatever. Whatever your story is, feel free to give us a call. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Because what you're sharing with us, Bonnie, is a major study of other studies So a meta-study, as they call it, looked at thousands, I don't know, hundreds or whatever. They they looked at studies that totaled tens of thousands of patients and uh, over a series of, I don't know, probably some decades here. And they went back and they found out that there's just no evidence whatsoever that a chemical imbalance is the cause of depression. And this is a shocker for a lot of people out there with upwards of 90% of Americans, uh, people in general, that believe that depression is just a chemical imbalance. You just need to take a pill. To solve that problem. And you know, I've never wanted to get into like an argument with people about this. I've always just held my tongue because I've always just had like kind of an intuitive uh, belief right. that 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 there's no way it's an incurable and it's just in your brain. That but, it's the pharmaceutical companies that are pitching a product. Yeah, it's kind it. of a sensitive subject too. Exactly. So, but the thing is, you wouldn't say that because as soon as you said anything to somebody, if you were going to say, "Why don't you try meditation?" The, mm-hmm. They would get insulted. That's right. And yeah. they would say, "It's not that easy." I have a chemical imbalance. Like that's their the doctors like, told me. That's well, their like you know no more talking about mm-hmm. it uh, phrase is it's a chemical imbalance. Well, and you know what? I've stopped trying to play the hero with people. You know, I'm just done playing that game. I've tried to help people and share my story with them and say, he, hey, like, here's what I've done to cure some of my depression and anxiety or, you know, these things worked for me and other people. When people just don't want to hear it, they don't, you know, I'll, I'll share with people, but it's... You know, there were so many people who I, because yoga really, really worked for me. I mean, it, it just really changed my life. So mm-hmm. there were some people who I knew were really depressed 
that I reached out to them and I'm like, listen, I'm going to save you. Like, I'm going to save your life. Like, this is. Doesn't and work. I got really excited about it. Yeah. And then I realized you can't hero people. Mm-mm. They have to do it themselves and they have to be ready for it. So. Yeah, because it, you're, there's no outside source. There's no p- magic pill that'll make your life better. There's, you know, not, not another person getting in a relationship isn't going to fix your life. You have to fix it yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know what? Even if somebody, even if I did conduct a yoga class or like shared meditation with somebody, that wouldn't necessarily help them because like you said, you have to be on that level yourself. So even if you're doing these practices, unless you're in that mindset and ready to really dive into it and do the true inner work that it takes... It's just not going to work. You have to want to change to be what able else, to change yourself. Uh, did they learn in this study? Bonnie? They were talking about right before the break that other studies looked at the effects of stressful life, life events and found that the more stressful life events a person had experienced, the more likely they were to be depressed. And it says one early study found a relationship between stressful events, the type of serotonin transporter gene a person had, and the chance of depression. However, larger, more comprehensive studies suggest that this was a false finding. These findings led the authors to conclude that there is, quote, no support for the hypothesis that depression is caused by lowered serotonin activity or concentrations. Some evidence suggests that believing low mood is caused by a chemical imbalance leads people to have a pessimistic outlook on the likelihood of recovery and the possibility of managing moods without medical help. It's pretty obvious. It's to just me. all through. They put it all out there. I, I am amazed that this information is actually hitting the mainstream media because this is this isn't a lot of different. This this study. The I mean, there's also hit piece, pieces coming out. Somebody linked to me. Oh, oh sure. look at this, and it was Vice, like like that's some <laughs> kind course. of authority. Oh, yeah. where well, they were saying, oh, this this study is actually flawed. Well, but. The, the people who have an interest, like you were talking about earlier, the pharmaceutical corporations and the people who are just dyed in the wool with this belief system are going to they're going to defend it. Yeah. Well, they're going to uh, pay people who are. Uh, buyable like Vice mm-hmm. to come out with stories saying... Well, I don't even know if it's if it's that they are being paid. There's probably people that work for Vice that are quote-unquote depressed people or whatever, and they're on these SSRIs and they, you know, their doctor's a good person. And Changing so how, the worldview is so impossible. true? I mean, so what you just said there is really important that that having that belief system that, oh, well, I've got a chemical imbalance, and so therefore this is going to be my life for the rest of my life, and it's going to suck, and then, then you just live into that. It is a self-fulfilling prophecy, which is one of the oldest you know kind of uh, concepts in psychology. It's a real thing. People believe themselves to be a certain thing, and they never change that, and that's the way it is. That's and what they, they become. It. They could change it. That's what they're. I think that's what they're trying to say in this article here. Well, and imagine how different the world would be if doctors were using diet and lifestyle changes instead of drugs to help cure people's depression and anxiety. Yeah, but then they wouldn't get that really nice cruise from the pharmaceutical exactly. company. Exactly. Yeah, they wouldn't get the kickbacks. Mm-hmm. Says according to the research, there is also evidence from other studies that people who used antidepressants had lower levels of serotonin in their blood. The scientists say this indicates that some evidence was consistent with the possibility that long-term antidepressant use reduces serotonin concentrations. Whoa, wouldn't that be a shocker? That using these pharmaceuticals that are supposed to help you are actually giving you the you issue. Worse. Well, it's, it's fine. They'll just give you more drugs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's a drug for that, too. There's a drug right? to fix the, yeah, the, side, the side effects, effects of the last right. drug. 
Oh, God. This may imply that the increase in serotonin that some antidepressants produce in the short term could lead to compensatory compensatory changes in the brain that produce the opposite effect in the long term. Wow. Professor, Mon- or Professor Moncrief said, quote, we do not understand what antidepressants are doing to the brain exactly, and giving people this sort of misinformation prevents them from making an informed decision about whether to take antidepressants or not. Unquote. I mean, can you imagine after however many decades these things have been around? It's certainly been my whole adult lifetime that these you know, various variations of SSRIs have been around. After that many decades for this professor to say... We don't understand what antidepressants are doing to the brain exactly. I mean, we're talking about experimental medication at this point. If you don't know what the medication does, then you are in an experimental category. And like you pointed out that it's been around your whole adult life, but Mm -hmm. you're not, you know, a thousand years old. Things that people used to use for thousands of years are have only recently been phased out or made illegal, like mushrooms and Mm -hmm. DMT and all that stuff that can actually help you uh, to find out how to help yourself. Um, those things got phased out of society, you know, fear mongering, making them illegal, punishing people for taking them. And then this came along. This is really new. Like you're saying, it's an experimental drug. Exactly. Um, you know, the, the, you mentioned the mushrooms. We touched on this a little bit here. It's worth really uh, pointing out here, especially for anybody out there that is suffering from these problems whether it be depression ptsd anxiety whatever you know issues mental issues uh you're suffering it may be worth it to look into the therapeutic use uh therapeutic use of psilocybin containing mushrooms mdma perhaps uh some of the more natural stuff obviously is probably going to be a a little healthier for you but to look at these uh, under therapeutic settings they've been doing interesting studies in the last 15 or so certainly in the last decade uh, to look at, at these with relatively small sample sizes, but incredible success rates. We're talking about, and you touched on this earlier, Nikki, with PTSD, for instance, people that have been over in the military that have you know killed people or whatever it was that caused their PTSD, using a dose of let's say, mushrooms under a therapeutic setting. Not just taking it and you know going to a rave or something like that, but, but having a therapist there to kind of hold your hand through it and ask you questions and, and, and specifically address some of the issues. Well, and you can also microdose, too. So a lot mm-hmm. of people hear psychedelic mushrooms and they think that they're going to be tripping, and that yeah. can be scary for some people who aren't really interested in that. You can microdose and get very therapeutic um, effects from mushrooms. Yep, that's true as well. Although I will say that it's not a scary. It's not a yeah, scary thing. You don't have to do what they call a heroic dose to get an effect on this. Um, but that's something worth looking into because they've literally found that some people have sim- uh, severely reduced their symptoms of depression and, and PTSD. Others have cured them entirely. Like some some people's PTSD has gone away and never come back. And because have you these, ever heard of that happening from someone going no, on Zoloft no, or it doesn't Prozac? No, absolutely not. It no. usually makes it worse. So this, these things can allow people to address the root cause of these issues, whatever they are. Maybe it was something you experienced in your past and you built a wall around it mentally. You don't think about whatever that was. This can bring those walls down and can allow people to really look inside themselves and deal with those stressors or whatever those experiences that were negative and come to some sort of understanding about them and put them away forever you know i'm not saying it works with every with everybody but there's a lot of people who've tried all of the medically accepted techniques 
failed miserably and then had success with some of these natural uh, illegal solutions. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the second hour here. Whether you want to comment on depression or whatever happens to be on your mind, you can join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, Nikki, and Bonnie are here with you tonight on Free Talk Live. Bonnie had brought in a story this evening about uh, what is a real shocker, that it's even in the mainstream media. A big study of other studies, a meta-study, uh, looked at a lot of studies over the years, and you know what is the cause of depression? They didn't answer that question. But what they did say was that it seems pretty conclusive that it is not a chemical imbalance in the brain, which is what most people believe about depression. Not just most people, but the supermajority of people uh, believe about depression. And so this goes against that kind of standard belief system, and so it's going to be hard to get people to comprehend this, to really accept this idea. Again, they didn't, they didn't say what the cause was. They didn't they say kind, that they were looking for that? I didn't remember that. They kind of hinted at stress. Well, they did say cause, that that, but... that they found that people that had more stressors were more likely to have depression. So, I mean, yeah. that's, that's plausible. Which, yeah, it makes sense, too. I mean, look, like I said, I think a lot of people have been depressed. I remember when my I first... Don't see how it's possible that everyone hasn't been depressed right. at some point. I remember... Uh, human like emotion. The first time I really had, you know, depression, in my opinion, was when I got broken up with by... Or I broke... It was an ugly situation with my first, the girl that I was in love with the first time. And that was a really hard situation to uh, to deal with. But I moved on and, you know, got things done after that. And I just, some people use depression as their excuse to rely on experts and doctors and pills. And it's, these people in the study are saying you don't have to do that. And I don't know if you touched on this in the last hour, Bonnie, but the placebo effect is worth talking about. We did talk about mushrooms and other alternatives like natural treatments uh, that can really help people with these mental issues. But as it turns out, placebo also works pretty well. Uh, Bonnie and I were listening to an audio book by Dr. Joe Dispenza. It was actually recommended by Carlin Borshenko, who is uh, running for governor here in New Hampshire as a Libertarian Party candidate. 
And it was an excellent book for anybody. It's called You Are the Placebo. Thank you. That's cool. Yeah. And basically the book is the bulk of it is just kind of all these stories about the placebo effect in various different circumstances in different cultures and and over, you know, decades or whatever. And looking at the way people's beliefs about something can change how their body is reacting. Well, yeah. And it's not just mental illness it's overall help health i mean I, I firmly believe that you can cure physical ailments and diseases with the power of your mind and obviously it's not easy so you know it's not as easy as you know just closing your eyes and saying i want to get better i want to get better it has to be a complete mental transformation but i i fully believe that the power of our mind has the power to heal our bodies. I think that's absolutely true. And that's what he gets to. That's kind of the general concept behind the book. But he cites the placebo as evidence of that truth. Mm-hmm. Um, wherein the people who are using the placebo generally don't know about it, right? Like it's presented as something that is a real treatment, quote unquote. And they believe that. And it's that power of that belief. In this case, it's not a belief in themselves. It's a belief in this other thing. But the fact that the belief is so powerful, it allows them to get well again. It allows them to improve. Like, for example, he told a story about an older guy who was dying of cancer. And the doctor went out on a limb to do a, a placebo on him to try to save him by telling him, I'm giving you this drug and um, it was really just a drug that does something really mild and it couldn't have possibly helped whatever kind of cancer he had. Mm-hmm. But he, it was some type of pill. Well, I've even seen that before with women hemorrhaging after childbirth. Or I, I guess I haven't seen this, but I've heard stories of other doulas giving a woman who was hemorrhaging a peppermint tea. Mm-hmm. You know, peppermint tea has no anti-hemorrhagic qualities to it. Mm-hmm. It's just tea to relax you. And she gave her the tea and she said, this is going to help you stop bleeding. Mm. She drank the tea and she stopped bleeding. Could have have been a coincidence. Who knows? But one second she was hemorrhaging and one second she was fine. And the peppermint tea did not do that. That's so great. That's really, really cool. Well, in the story of this guy, he took the pills being told it's a new medicine uh, being worked on. It's going to cure you your cancer. And he got better. He got much better. He got to leave the hospital. And then he saw just happened to come across an article talking about that medicine. And he saw that because it was actually a trial drug, mm-hmm. but um, it, it was found to be, you know, flawed and taken off the market. So he started getting worse because he read he, something wow. contrary, read something he contrary. His belief. So he had to go back to this doctor. The doctor tried again, like I'm giving you uh, they did. They did a, a new they upgraded the drug and I'm giving it to you again. And he got better. Then he found out somehow that that wasn't true and got worse again. So it's yeah. like, wow. <laughs> That's amazing. It was really an interesting book. And I think they did touch on in the book that uh, there have been trials on people with d- depression. And they gave those yep. people placebos. And guess what happened? It, that was a lot in the book. Their depression went away after they took a placebo. And in fact, they were. Ta- I think in the book they talk about how... They have to, you know, trial these drugs against placebos. And in order to get the, you know, the drug through the trials, they have to perform better than a placebo. And that really yeah. doesn't happen very often at all. So, I mean, it's an incredibly powerful thing. And and so just the fact that a placebo, you know, if you're somebody out there who suffers from depression, you are of the belief system that 
it's necessary to have a doctor, it's necessary to have a pill, it's necessary to have some sort of pharmaceutical. And then you hear that a placebo can cause can cure depression. That should be an indicator that no, you do not need an SSRI. No, you don't need a doctor to hold your hand through this. And you don't need to go through this sort of traditional medical path that never ends and is just ever, you know, endlessly prescribed medications. And I just can't even imagine going down that road, but there's so many people. So just take it under advisement that if the placebo can cure depression, then depression can be cured without drugs. Because remember, a placebo is just a sugar pill. That's all it is. You know, speaking of the peppermint tea, it makes me think about all the people who report amazing transformations in their health from things like um essential oils Mm -hmm. like uh, there's not very much evidence that those things actually work but there are people that swear by it so they probably read somewhere from someone else peppermint tea or something can do x and and they complete they believe it and then it works for them The power of belief is a very, very powerful thing. So, you know, keep your mind open on these uh, these alternatives. I feel like we've covered the depression thing pretty uh, pretty solid here. Did you ladies have any other comments about the the issue? Not in particular. The number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. You're still welcome to call in and share your story. But Nikki, you had a crazy story. So I do. going from uh, being really positive into a just an absolutely horrifying. And I hate bringing stuff like this in, but people need to hear what is going on behind the bars of yes. a jail. In this case, where did it happen? What do we need to know? Uh, so it happened in Indiana. They're calling it the Night of Terror. A lawsuit alleges female inmates were sexually assaulted for hours in an Indiana jail. It oh my get, God. And it just keeps getting worse. Uh, so a civil rights lawsuit was filed Monday on behalf of eight women who alleged that they were subject to hours of abuse by male inmates while incarcerated in an Indiana jail. On October 24th, 2021, the suit says Clark County Jail Officer David Lowe gave two male inmates the keys to the female housing areas of the jail. Wow. Lowe had allegedly accepted a $1,000 bribe from God. the men. They gave him $1,000. That's all it took for him to essentially sell these women to him. This so. is insane. I mean, look, I get it that people feel like they don't make enough money or whatever. I'm sure they get By the way, around here, uh, the corrections There's officer... Nothing- that's going to change your life with a thousand dollars. No, yeah, like a thousand dollar bonus, and, and especially to do something like that. And the idea that you wouldn't get caught at this—I mean, beyond the horror of what we're going to find out happened—you're in a jail. I mean, you for, are surrounded by cameras. Forget yeah. what, whether or not he would get caught by humans. The idea that he really believed that he's that type of a person that he would do that and, it, and he can live with himself yeah. just shows the type of people that work that in jails. Work in jails. Yeah, that's true. Uh, there's more coming up here and we'll find out what awful things transpired. You can share your thoughts as well. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. By the way, I want to say thank you to our Free Talk Live supporters of our AMPS program. You can join AMPS as Patrick Easterday has done. He is a gold level supporter, which means Patrick's giving at least 10 bucks a month to what we do here at Free Talk Live. I definitely appreciate that support, Patrick. And you can do as he has done, although we only ask for five. He's done 
10. So definitely appreciate that. But if you've got five bucks that you want to send towards uh, our efforts of spreading the ideas of freedom, liberty, uh, peace, you can do that over at amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. As we uh, are going to go into your calls and thoughts here, we're going to get deeper into what is sounding like a really ugly story out of Indiana where a jail guard accepted a $1,000 bribe from two inmates. I'm presuming he got paid outside of the facility because the odds that the inmates would have $1,000 cash on them. Maybe they were like somehow selling drugs. I don't know how cash gets in there. It, it's highly unlikely. I mean, anything's possible, right? Like it could be true. Um, you're more likely to see things like drug dealing going on in prisons. Hmm. Usually when you're dealing with the jail, in a lot of cases, you're dealing with people who aren't, haven't even been sentenced yet. And a lot of those people don't want to take extra risks like yeah. catching extra charges. So the idea that these so these two, I'm guessing, were sentenced people. But if you're in jail, you're usually only sentenced for up to a year. So it's like it's insane. Well, I uh, think that might be different in different states. It may be. I've never heard that personally, but it, it certainly could be. Um, but generally, the rule is if you're in jail, if you're it, to be imprisoned for less than a year, you go to county jail. If it's more than a year, you go to prison. And these people were in a jail, and that's why they had access to women, because a lot of times there's, like here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we live, the jail has mostly men, but there's one block called F Block, which houses the females. But you, like, never see each other? It's just all the same building? It's rare. Every now and then you'll see somebody walking down a hallway or something like that, but it's a maximum security environment, so nobody can just pop a door open and, you know, go out and mess with you. Um, unless they're the guards and you know the control room or whatever. So we'll we'll talk more about that story coming up here. But Sarah is on the line in New Mexico. Go ahead, Sarah. Yes, um, I've been hearing that they're gonna put the um, speed cameras way up high on top of the poles so that people just can't go up and uh, saw it off. They you can know, shoot them down. <laughs> the old paintball well, gun. I've kinda- <laughs> Well, I don't know what they're going to do. Is that what they're going to do? I mean, go down there. I mean, they could. There have been people who have done those sorts of things. I consider them heroes. Paintballs, but... Yeah, paintball is a good one because then you're not... I mean, you are... It's still going to damage the equipment probably, but it's not going to... Most of it's water soluble, so I mean it might just rinse off over time. I don't know. I've never well, actually shot a camera. A person. Well, that's true. I mean, that's true. Yeah, you, if you shot with a gun, it could the bullet you could miss, and the bullet could come down and, and hurt somebody. So that's a good point, Bonnie. Um, but yeah, so that's happening out there, huh? Um, you know, I just I called the mayor's office. Is are you going to continue the speed cameras just because somebody just started out? Is that going to be the end of it? So. So it looks like else? they will put them back up wherever they're drag racing and um, uh, speeding and whatnot. So they will do it. See, the only I problem- didn't realize that. Sorry, I didn't realize the part of this story, Sarah, that somebody already went and saw the, your your <laughs> precious uh, speed speeding cameras down, red light cameras. Yeah, they, it was. I think put up actually for seventeen whole days. And um, I'm, I think they did it in the middle of the day. I mean, they're very wow, brave. that's brazen. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that, this is Albuquerque. I mean, over there, I mean, there's consequences in your state. It's a they don't want to get caught. But um, so did they cut the entire started. pole down? Is that how they did it? I I think it's maybe about um, at the highest, maybe like um, maybe six foot or five foot, six foot, something like that. The camera's place. 
So then really? they, they must have cut down the bottom. Yeah, I've seen pictures of it. So it just stands up about four to five feet. That's oh, all. Because okay. I've always seen the ones that are on top of like the traffic light. Yeah. yeah, you can't get to those easily. No, that's why I was like, they climbed traffic, up there yeah. and sawed it off. Thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about the situation where there are a lot of cameras. And by the way, I think every host on this show is against uh, these government cameras, red light cameras, speeding cameras. Think about what Sarah is, you know, cheering on here. The fact that people went and saw this down because they don't want these things, you know, invading their privacy and, uh, you know, violating their Fourth Amendment rights. And Sarah thinks it's a win that the government is going to spend more money to put them up higher. And these people are going to easily be able to still get them down. Well, it sounds like she's terrorized by just the thought of people speeding and being in cars mm-hmm. because it's all she calls in about. I mean, yeah, every once does. in a while, she there's different, other things every once in a while. But that is it's like her, her main, main, focus. main thing that she does not like. Yeah. Well, she thinks she sure. has a great point for her ability to be able to control people. And That's th- what she likes about it. And, and, you know, she does make it sort of, it's not her point, but it is an important thing to take away from this is whenever you destroy, if someone destroys something like this, like, yeah, go. But then it's just the taxpayers who are on the hook, yeah. of course, for fixing this. And now, as you point out, they're going to be putting more taxpayer money in, not just buying a new camera, but buying a bigger push-up pole uh, to put the camera up on. And so, you know, it's probably going to cost five times as much as the original installation. So and that if people is went out in the daylight... It's- it's going to happen again. And sawed it down last time. However they're going to get it down is going to change, but they're, it's going to happen again. Yeah. My favorite uh, uh, was the guy in, I think he was in Arizona. He used to call himself 4409 on YouTube. I don't remember where the number came from. It had some kind of significance. <laughs> and he used to do like some pretty fun YouTube videos. And one of them, I don't know if it was him or his friend or whoever, they dressed up as Santa Claus. <laughs> they had a big Christmas gift box it was an empty box that had no bottom on it and they you know it was like a big bow on it looked like it was gift wrapped and they put it over top of one of the speeding cameras so they got like a big ladder and so you got That's video really of funny. santa claus going up putting a big <laughs> gift box wrapped gift box over top of the thing and that's a good one because it doesn't disable the the thing it disables it one, but yeah. it doesn't break it yeah and so it only it only happens for as long as it takes the fire department or whoever to come out there and undo it but it's it makes some pretty hilarious video so if you can get creative with it and not cost the taxpayers something but still get all the rah-rahs from people you know driving by or watching it on youtube then that's a pretty good good idea uh the number here is 603-283-6160 so uh nikki let's go back to this awful story that you just began telling us out of indiana so at clark county jail in indiana officer david lowe gave two male inmates the keys to the female housing areas of the jail Lowe had allegedly accepted a $1,000 bribe from the men. A group of male inmates then allegedly proceeded to rape, assault, harass, and threatened female inmates for several hours in what the lawsuit calls a night of terror. No jail officers came to the woman's aid during this time, so they just let it happen. Wow. So it sounds like they were all in on it. Yeah. Yeah. This is insane. I mean, like, I, I guess... Jails get run differently in different places, right? I've only been to jail in New Hampshire. I've been to two different jails uh, in New Hampshire. There's one that's particularly bad here. Thankfully, I've not been to that one. That one's in Manchester. But the two I've been to are maximum security installations. Not even the guards themselves can just let themselves out of a cell block. There's no key that gets you out of the cell block. 
you have to be buzzed out of the cell block by some guy watching video monitors with remote access to a magnetic lock that lets them out. This jail sounds like it's straight out of like 1960 or something, and that's insane. There's more coming up. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on joined the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Phones are open, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Talking about an insane story out of Indiana where Clark County Jail apparently doesn't, apparently doesn't have people working uh, on the job. Either that or they all supported what happened, which seems unbelievable, that uh, one jail guard uh, sold for $1,000 the keys to the female cell blocks to two of the inmates. And then the inmates gathered some more of their buddies, apparently, and they all went over for a session of... It wasn't just two men. It sounded like it was it a group like of them. It sounded like more, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they then gathered some of their buddies and they all went over to the female block and just did whatever they wanted to do. For a period of what what was it like several hours? Several hours, yeah. Uh, before well, we'll find out more from the story here in moments. The number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty, and you can join us here. You can also join us online. We got a social media platform at social.freetalklive.com. It's our platform. It's on our server. We run the software. It's Mastodon software, which you, maybe you've heard of. Uh, it's an open source self-hosted system that is federated with thousands of other mastodons around the planet it's a really cool thing and it's free to use you don't have to you won't be censored like you are on twitter and facebook you get a lot more freedom to speak at social.freetalklive.com so check that out there let's go first before we continue this awful story uh, to joe in maryland you're on free talk live go ahead joe yeah how you doing what's on your mind joe uh you were talking about uh i i got a few things i can help with uh radiation poisoning uh, depression, and Captain Kangaroo, I'll go over them real quick. If you take blood work and you're depressed, you'll find you're uh, low in lithium. A lady called up said she had radiation poisoning, and they sell potassium oxide tablets for that. And there's a thing called cordycep sinensis mushroom that cleans the body out of radiation. Matter of fact, you're supposed to take that before you have any uh, MRIs, x-rays, and stuff like that, and it'll be have less effects on your body. Could you repeat the name and of the mushroom? Cordyceps sinensis. Oh, That's going to be a tough one. Yeah, but interesting. <laughs> Thank you. And Major Payne called up a couple weeks ago and said, 
Bob Crash and Kathy Kangaroo was caught saying that I don't hold a little beast for the night. It wasn't Captain Kangaroo, uh, Major Payne. It was uh, Uncle Al. He was caught what? Okay. What did you say? I couldn't uh, make it out. He was caught what? Major Payne uh, said that the mic was left on. And the guy was Captain Kangaroo. He said that ought to hold the little bees for the night. And it wasn't Captain Kangaroo. It was Uncle Al, the kitty's pal. I don't, we, I don't know. We must have not been on for that episode because it, I'm That'll not sure what... That'll hold a little beast or bees? Bastards. Oh, oh bastards. Yeah, you, okay, I'm sorry. It wasn't to, really clear what you were saying. That, word say. that the... word's okay on the radio, but most other yeah. curse words are not. No, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I don't want to cross So the idea is he was referring to the, the children that would have been watching the show? Right. So it, it was back in the 50s. He said it was Captain Kangaroo. It wasn't Captain Kangaroo. It was uh, Uncle Al. And who oh, was Uncle okay. Al? Was that, was that another character on the show? I've never seen the program. It, it was It was a different show. It was back before you guys were born. Uh, I see. Okay. And yeah. was and Uncle Al... Somebody listening knows what you're talking about. And, and the Uncle Al show, was was this a live show? Otherwise, did yeah, they... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for the kids. Uh, you go on the TV wow. and, you know, have, you know, for the kids. And what happened all. to Uncle Al after that? Did he, oh, he like... Oh, he got fired immediately. He okay. got fired immediately. <laughs> Paul Lynn used to do the satire of Uncle Al, the kiddies pal, on uh, Rowan and Martin's laughing. Thanks for the call tonight, Joe. I appreciate you uh, calling to correct that one there. The number is 603-283-6160. You can join us here and bring up whatever you want. So back into the uh, the Indiana jail story where apparently this happened where uh, jail uh, one jail guard turned over keys to two inmates. They then went and had their awful time with some of the females uh, in the female block, and there was no one who stopped them for hours. Well, and it's interesting because they only name that one correctional officer, mm-hmm. but clearly there were more than one person working at think. this facility. You so clearly there were many people in on it because any normal person would stop that. You know, it would it couldn't just be one guard outnumbering everybody else that was working. I mean, so. g- given the... S- the amount of money that governments have at their disposal. I cannot believe that we are in the year 2022 and Clark County Jail in Indiana doesn't have a camera system, doesn't have somebody monitoring that camera system, and doesn't have guards that are in every single cell block. But maybe they just are, you know, scraping by. They can't find employees in this one guard. And, you know, maybe there was one other guard in the whole place. I don't know. I don't know how. Well, I can't imagine that there's a jail without cameras. I, I can't either. It's just unbelievable to me. This, I mean, I suppose it's possible there's this some rinky dink jail and. I don't know where Clark County is or how how many uh, people live there that it's just never had an upgrade, that it's still the way it was when it was built in 1967 or whatever. I'll, I'll see what I can learn about it, but what else do we need to know? So when a group of women complained about their treatment, jail officers retaliated by revoking the women's dark privileges. Hold on. So, so they didn't even get caught. Like, it wasn't like eight hours of raping later that somebody came into the cell block and said, hey, what are you boys doing in here? And then, you know, arrested them. Apparently, they just did their business, went back to their own cell block at and then some point. when the women complained the about The fact that being, this article says complained. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact, once they complained about their treatment, the jail officers actually punished the women. So by oh, removing their dark privileges that is by keeping the lights on for 72 hours straight so they weren't allowed to have the lights turned off <laughs> the officers also confiscated the female that's torture by the way that yeah absolutely. generally considered to be torture 
So the officers also confiscated the female inmates' personal items, including pillows, blankets, and hygiene products. Wow. So clearly these officers... These are some sadists. Clearly they had something against the women because not only... Obviously $1,000 isn't enough to bribe somebody to possibly lose their job and do these awful, inhumane things... Mm-hmm. But they're also punishing the women in these, again, inhumane ways. Well, so they seem like they're just sociopaths, like this is all fun for them. Probably. Or psychopaths. This is sick stuff. And, and you know, I'm almost feeling like, just knowing the little that we know about this story, it sounds to me like they threw this, this other guard under the bus. Like, if yeah. there's that much corruption in this particular jail... To this where, guy was just the scapegoat. Yeah, to, to where, oh, well, we got caught letting the two, you know, a group of male inmates rape and pillage the female block. Well, we have to make it look like we're doing something, so we'll, we'll just blame it all on this guy over Yeah, you're, here. you're right. Now it's making the $1,000 seem even... More fake, like where do where they get it, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. all that we were questioning in the last segment. So the article goes on to say, Lowe currently faces criminal charges of trafficking, aid escaping, or aiding escaping, and official misconduct. <laughs> this is the second lawsuit filed in connection to this incident. An early suit filed in June on behalf of twenty women alleges similar civil rights violations. Both suits say that officers failed to help the women even through their assaults, even though their assaults were easily visible on security cameras. Okay. So there were security they cameras. cameras. They were definitely being monitored and nobody did anything about this. Yeah, these this. freaks probably like enjoyed watching. That's probably true. Probably. The plaintiffs face an uphill battle. Even if the accusations are true, the doctrine of qualified immunity may protect the correctional officers. Their alleged wow. actions may seem obvious, may seem obviously to violate the women's constitutional rights. Well, they may seem that way. <laughs> yeah. Well it, well, it might seem that you have rights, but qualified immunity has protected police officers and prison guards from similarly horrible charges in the past, simply because there was no existing case law prohibited their precise actions. So because it hasn't, because there's no lawsuit previously. It just doesn't, doesn't make end. any sense. See, I'm a person with empathy. So when I first uh, was targeted by police for something and it, you know, woke me up to this and then I started looking into things and I found video after video after video, story after story after story of cops abusing people in different ways. I just couldn't believe that people didn't want to abolish the police right then when, you know, I first started getting into this in 2016. And it's stories like this that I can't believe that Somebody doesn't hear this and immediately go on the same side as me. Like we should not yep. have jails, we should not have court systems. We like yeah. if, if this can happen. Imagine backing the blue after this. More coming. by the way about this jail clark county jail in uh, apparently it's like the southeast corner of indiana i did look it up uh population of clark county is about one hundred and eighteen thousand as of 2019 so i mean that's not the smallest county and you said indiana uh-huh not- but i don't recognize the cities the quote-unquote cities here charlestown and jeffersonville those don't 
those don't strike me as those are towns in every state probably yeah yeah so, so it isn't a it isn't the biggest county in uh, in indiana by by far i'm sure but it is it's no slouch as far as you know it's not small not to be confused uh, with clark county nevada which is where las vegas is yeah much bigger there <laughs> so uh it's ian nikki and bonnie in the studio here tonight nikki you're sharing with us this disturbing story and i just was doing a little more digging to see what else i could learn about it because it's just unbelievable that multiple men apparently bribed a guard at clark county jail in indiana Allegedly. Oh, right they haven't proven that yet but that's the allegation yeah, but for a thousand dollars be a cover-up is what i'm hinting at. it could be uh and then they brought allegedly bribed this guard get the keys to the female uh, wing of the jail, and then just let themselves into the female block for some number of hours and do all manner of questionable, horrifying things in there. And then ultimately, the jail, according to the story you're sharing with us, which, by the way, where's the report from, if you don't Reason. mind? Reason. Reason Magazine. Uh, according to that report, they're saying that the jail then punished the women after they caught wind of what was allegedly going on they then took away their quote unquote what was it night privileges or sleep what was it dark dark, dark privileges dark privileges as though it's a privilege to have darkness when you're in jail and that is a very you know sneaky way of trying to get around the idea that this is essentially a torture tactic this is something that they use when they're trying to deprive somebody of their sanity and break them one of the techniques and they did it against by the way uh, now uh, chelsea manning but when she was bradley manning uh, being held behind bars federal uh, prison they tortured uh, chelsea bradley in that way by leaving the lights on 24 hours a day Wow, the whole time uh that they were in there? uh, Well, I don't think it was the whole time, but it was for some period of time, and it was a long time. It was some number of weeks, if I recall correctly. Oh, my gosh. And uh, that is a way to absolutely deprive somebody of any kind of sanity, because if if you're not on your sort of circadian rhythms, your natural clock... You don't know what time it is yeah. at any given time. It's not like there's a clock on the wall. Well, and I think that's the big thing too—not just sleep deprivation, you know. Because I I could go to sleep if it was if the lights were on, you know. But it's it's more the having no concept of what time it is that that's really that really drives people crazy. But I'll tell Some you what. people can't like my mom can't sleep if the alarm if clock the are numbers on. are or yeah. like a light is on. Yeah. And I, and I'm that way too, right? And like if yeah, there's it a, sucks. I can't sleep like that. In the in the jail that I was in most recently after the Crypto 6 arrest last year uh, was Boscoin, New Hampshire. The lights go, quote unquote, out, but there's still a little light that's on in each cell. So it is not truly dark in there. And uh, and there are reasons for that. I'm sure they have their reasons. They would say, oh, well, we need to walk by every now and then to make yeah. sure you're not dead or, or whatever. Uh, and so they have their reasons for it. So, I mean, I'm still putting like a, something over my face just to try to block that light out. Imagine just having it blaring 24 hours a day. So um, was there more from your story that you wanted to share about what's happening there? Because they're really yeah. blaming one guy, even though there's an entire jail staff and a camera system here. There there was a little bit more. Um, one of the lawyers says, Welcome to the bizarre world of qualified immunity, a place where mm. the federal courts will acknowledge that a police officer violated the Constitution, but then deem the officer not civilly liable for his unconstitutional actions because there was no prior court decision explicitly frowning on the same behavior. Oh, sorry, that wasn't the attorney. That was um, Damon Root from Reason. That he said that in 2020. 
Something has gone seriously wrong in our criminal justice system when the federal courts are running this kind of interference on behalf of the blatantly unconstitutional police actions. Yeah, qualified immunity is crazy. I don't like even using the words unconstitutional for something like this. This is pure evil. This is it goes beyond the Constitution. I don't don't care what the Constitution says. Honestly, Mm -mm. this is just goes against being any sort of decent human Human. being. Mm -hmm. It's in it's inhuman. So even if the plaintiffs overcome qualified immunity, they will face another... Oh, sorry. I, I just read that. So it seems like that's pretty much it. From it they this. probably calculated which guy, if he takes the fall for this, is most likely to somehow... Maybe he has like a you know cop tenure or something, mm-hmm. is most likely to receive uh, qualified immunity and get let off. And he... Maybe they gave him $1,000 if he would take the fall for it. And then they all uh, said that it was just him and he's taking the fall for it. He's going to get qualified immunity and everything is fine until they die and they go to hell. Well, yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. So there's more here from lawandcrime.com, which has a report where they spoke with attorney William McCall, who represents some of the plaintiffs in apparently there's two lawsuits in this case. One with eight women and one with 20. Yeah. Uh, Quote, amazingly, even though uh, this this is an excerpt from the lawsuit. Even though there were surveillance cameras positioned in locations that showed the male detainees accessing the women's pods, and even though the incident involved multiple male detainees and dozens of victims over an extended period of time, not a single jail officer on duty that night came to the plaintiffs and the other victims. I think they mean came to the aid of the plaintiffs and the other victims, the lawsuit alleges. Attorney McCall, uh, William McCall, who represents some of the plaintiffs, told Law & Crime that the attacks only came to light after one woman complained about the incident and was then moved to a different jail. That woman became pregnant as a result of being oh. raped on the night in question, said the attorney, and later miscarried after she bonded out of custody. McCall said the most... Uh, that most of the female inmates were left, quote, cowering under bunks or hiding in bathrooms, uh, unquote, on the night of the attack, but allowed that at least some of the incarcerated women were willing participants who welcomed their boyfriends over to the pod. One of the women who was sexually assaulted that night but is not a party to the lawsuit is a vir- was a virgin and is a lesbian. She is currently suffering from severe mental and physical maladies as a result of the attacks to the attorney and has personally declined to file a claim because she simply doesn't want to relive the horrific experience by having to, for instance, testify uh, in front of a court. That's horrific. Quote, just... To be just minding your own business, and then all hell breaks loose, said McCall. He said further, men were taunting and shaking themselves at women. The attorney went on to describe scenes in which the male inmates demanded oral sex from the female inmates. He asked out loud, quote, how do they fail to notice so many male inmates moving around like this? It just boggles the mind. Now, it is definitely possible that these bureaucrats are so shiftless and lazy that they were just partying or something, right? Like they're having their own good old time on their on the job, on the clock. The guy who's normally supposed to be watching the security Why cameras. Why give them that, Ian? That's, is, not, that's not what happened. I'm not giving them that, but I'm saying it's possible. You said it's possible. It's not possible. It's it's possible they're just getting drunk on the job, right? Like, that's a possibility. It's more likely that they are, were fully aware of this and were, as you, you suggested, amused by it. Why would their reaction be to punish the women if it was, oh, it was an oversight? Why? What do you mean that happened? They're punishing. Well, wh- the reason they punish them is because they don't want to have to go and deal with lawsuits or whatever. So they figure they're going to dish out some punishment and teach them for causing a ruckus yeah try to scare them to not speak up well i know that that is also why they punish them but i 
believe it has something to do with the fact that they were involved, not, oh, I, ca- I can do something about this and I'm a good cop. You know, no I'm, I'm not going to just, jail. you know, that's pretty clear. Uh, after finally, now this, uh, this I don't know if, uh, I don't think the other story mentioned this either. After finally stopping the attack by pushing a call button, the victims were then immediately punished by the jail staff by using losing their dark privileges. So apparently oh, so they did the get button. somebody's attention during all of this, but then they immediately were punished after that. Uh, rather than support the victims who are subject to sexual assault and abuse, jail officials punished the women after the incident. On top of losing their dark privileges, they were placed on lockdown, denied normal privileges, had personal property like pillows, blankets, and personal hygiene items confiscated. And according to McCall, many of the women who were attacked were later interrogated by department investigators at the sheriff's. And your taxpayers paid for the lights to be on for three days straight. And treated them like they were the perpetrators, grilling them and asking questions that made them feel like they were responsible for the incident. So, I mean, the, the corruption goes beyond the, just the jail. It goes through up to the sheriff's department. And uh, and here's the even more bizarre twist to this. The jail, apparently, the Clark County Jail in Indiana, where this all allegedly went down, participates in a reality television show called 60 Days In. Where volunteers pretend to be incarcerated in a form of misery tourism for third-party consumption on basic cable. That's weird. The show, misery tourism? Yeah. The and sh- this just makes it more obvious to me that something weird was going on here. Like, they could have been realized that they could make money, you know, with the... They have the equipment to film these mm-hmm. uh, things and put them on reality reality TV show. I think they were selling porn. The show airs on the A&E Network. So, I mean, not only is this a normal... This isn't just a normal jail. This is a jail where there's a TV show being filmed regularly. There's more coming up here in moments, and you can share your thoughts on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, you've got Ian. Nikki. And Bonnie. Uh, We talked about depression in the first hour of the show, an insane story about a jail in Clark County, Indiana, where apparently multiple male inmates were allowed to enter... By at least one guard, perhaps more were in on it, but those are not being those allegations are not being made at this point. Uh, at least one guard allowed multiple male inmates to enter the female cell block at Clark County, Indiana's jail, and commence a raping, and uh, that's what happened. And now, twenty-eight women or so are involved in two different lawsuits. Uh, But, of course, the question is, will there be qualified immunity that's going to be protecting the jail guards in this case? Uh, You know, are the jail guards going to claim that they were just completely unaware of what was going on, despite the fact that there were multiple cameras in there? Not only multiple cameras that the jail operates, but also cameras that were operated by A&E Entertainment or some production company that they hired to produce a show that, Nikki, you looked up and apparently it's been around for seven seasons uh, that is called 60 Days In. 
That's so, so crazy. I've never heard of this ever. I mean, I don't watch cable, but I've never heard someone mention it or it get talked about on the internet. It's just one of the, reality, the myriad yeah. of reality TV shows. There's so, a lot of jail ones nowadays, too, because people mm-hmm. are just fascinated by it. People love their murder shows. Yeah. They love their jail shows, their police shows. Well, I mean, I, I can understand the fascination. It's a place where most people, hopefully, will never end up spending time. And so it's a sort of mysterious yeah. place where you hear all kinds of horrifying stories, but what's it really like? I've never been fascinated, but when I was a kid, sometimes it would just be like the only interesting thing on uh, mm-hmm. Scared Straight. Scared Straight. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. got to be the first one. And there was actually, the, you're talking about the original one from the 70s or the TV show? The TV show. Oh, so, so if you've never seen the original Scared Straight, they actually showed it to us in government school. Oh, really? Back in the late 1990s. They're like, I, be good kids or else this is going to be you. Yeah, it was like a, it was a one-off special. Uh, they they had I don't know, maybe it was the seventies or maybe it was the eighties. It looked like the seventies based on the clothing, the hairstyles of the the inmates and the kids. But they had like bad behaving teens who they brought into the jail, and they had the uh, inmates, these badass guys, come out and just scare the s out of these these young people. And it was really interesting. It was, it was an interesting show, uh, but it was just a one you know hour or two hour thing. Whereas then I guess within the last couple decades they actually turned it into a series yeah i've only ever heard of the the show right. that came out in i don't know the early 2000s or something but were you scared straight ian i don't know what that's supposed to mean from the government <laughs> showing it to you they're now trying to put me in prison for uh you know the rest of my life basically for you know v- victimless uh quote-unquote financial crime oh so you victim. didn't go straight mm. it sounds like something that like christians would do to like little gay kids yeah. oh yeah, yeah. conversion yeah, uh, and so I did I did pull up a clip from this 60 days in just to see, you know, what the fuss was about. Maybe try to get a, a peek inside this particular institution, Clark County Jail. And apparently it's true. They don't have guards in these uh, these pods or whatever. So the the area in which the filming is being done in this clip that I just watched uh, it shows that it's like one of these open rooms with just bunk beds basically all over the place. And so all of the inmates have access to all of the inmates all of the time. And they said they actually said in this clip that the only time the guards come in is when they bring in the food trays. Well, they have the cameras oh. for that. True. That's true. But in the jail I was in, they had two guards in hmm. every single yeah. cell block, one or two guards, depending on the, whether it's a maximum. So in the even in those big uh, in the open, open room ones? ones, they had two guards. And the ones that everybody's locked down, I don't think they always had two. I think it was usually one or something like that. So uh, this is very different, right? So they, they they are just literally letting the inmates just kind of deal with each other for the most part. And then the guards just kind of come in to clean up the mess if somebody gets into, into a fight, which is what happened in this clip where two guys were fighting over tater tots. That sounds basically. like, you know, cops in general, like something bad happens, they just show they up after care. to clean yeah. up the mess. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know what else I was just thinking of? Imagine being on the TV show uh, where they voluntarily go to the jails. Yeah. Imagine. Which is crazy the whole rape thing happening to you to you after you like you're not Ugh. even you're not you even didn't supposed even, to be there. yeah like yeah. you didn't even commit a crime most wow. of those people it's probably victimless victimless right. crimes anyways so you could argue that they're not crimes and none of them should be there but yeah you just either got way, raped in jail either way you voluntarily went there and you get wow. assaulted I'm, I'm, I'm sure that. these could people happen. sign things and stuff to sure. where the jail people would be sure not to accidentally on purpose get them raped because no, it says you know, they might the jail, have actual no it says at least if you believe the production uh, claims that the people who are in these jails do not 
Uh, there's no info yeah, to the jail know. that, like, the jail believes that they're being sentenced for something. Oh, that's dangerous. Who would voluntarily do that to be on a reality apparently seven show? Seasons, you know, apparently seven seasons nuts. of people want their 15 minutes of fame. No, that um, is not worth it. What was it called? The study that's really famous in, I think, the 70s. Oh, I know um, what you're talking about. That they had a study where people went to jail and... Uh, I I know this name the name. Oh yeah, Phil Zimbardo was Zimbardo. the uh, the guy that did the study in that case, and it's the Stanford Prison Experiment. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. very. Important I can't study. imagine who would sign up for those. Um, in fact, Zimbardo Zimbardo wanted it to keep going and mm-hmm. was go intending to let it keep going even well after it had been you know like human rights yes. uh, were being violated. That's right. Because, you know, they signed their lives away. So he was like, oh, I need the experiment must go on. And a woman, I don't remember her name. or girlfriend at the time, one or the other. Well, a woman convinced him, like, what are you thinking? You have to stop this. So that's the only reason he stopped it. In that case, none of them wanted to be the officers because they were all kind of like rebellious. It was random choice. Yeah, it was random choice. But when the people were asked... They all wanted to be prisoners. None of them wanted really? to, quote unquote, be the man because they were all kind of like but rebellious then they became the types. man when they became and the man. And then they, wow. yeah, yeah. Worse, acted like it. worse than most cops. Yeah, it's a fascinating study. There are some people that sort of nitpick at it and that, you know, claim that it wasn't done properly, etc. And it doesn't show anything. But I think it's still a very, well, very I mean, look at to... look at correctional officers and look at the police and tell yeah. me that that's it not fits. real. I mean, it absolutely this, fits. This situation yeah. that happened that we're talking about is like, it it's pretty much yeah. Zimbardo. It's it's pretty much exactly like what was happening in the Stanford prison experiment. And yeah. this is what happens when people believe in the myth of authority at all. That's right. I mean, it's pretty much obvious uh, that there's there's no actual reforming of these people going on. It's just mm-hmm. crime school. It's a great point. All right, so uh, changing gears here to Insider.com. Talking about Generation Z. And Nikki, I think you are pretty much a Gen Z, right? Like based on your age. Bonnie, you're kind of on the borderline. You're could be a millennial, could be what do they call it? A zennial? Yeah, they call it a zennial. Obviously, we're all individuals. Everybody's different. But they're looking at what younger people here are thinking about sex in regards to the post-Roe world. Here's the headline from The Insider. Swearing off men and avoiding intimacy, Generation Z reconsiders sex in they the wake of what, a post-Roe world. I bet they didn't know what Roe v. Wade was three months ago. <laughs> oh, post-Roe world. Right, meaning that oh. it was overturned recently by the Supreme Court. So now, Madeline V. might be done with men altogether. Have you ever heard of self-responsibility? <laughs> a 24-year-old marketing assistant who identifies as bisexual, Madeline, who asked that Insider use only her first name, has decided that sticking to female partners may be the safest sexual route these days. It's not a fear of men, exactly, that has inspired this young woman to consider swearing off an entire gender. It's the heightened fear of an unwanted pregnancy and a subsequent lack of options that has forced her to proceed with sexual caution. I mean, if one option is gone, there's still a lot of options. And I'm not even talking about abstinence, but it is one option. But there's still a lot of options out there. You can get it in your arm. You can use condoms. Mm. You can take the pill every day. You can get an IUD. Cycle tracking. I mean, just... Using thinking about using abortion as birth control is horrific. That's nuts. It's 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 not even good for your body. No. Yeah, that's the main thing I think of because whether or not it's a baby or not, I can't prove, but I know that it would be the idea like 
the idea of harming myself just because I wanted to have sex without a condom is, or not date a guy who got a vasectomy is crazy. It, the idea of not having caution surrounding sex at all is like, to me, unbelievable. I mean, it's such a risky activity, uh, but apparently some people, they're willing to take all kinds of risks. But now she's changing her tune a little bit here now that the risk factor has gone up, according to her. And we'll look at uh, what's going on with Gen Z and their attitudes towards sexuality coming up. And you can share your thoughts here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, you can join us here and bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. What kind of changes are some people going through uh, in the Generation Z after Roe vs. Wade has been repealed? That's what Insider.com is looking at here, and we're going to continue with that uh, here tonight. It's Ian. Nikki. And Bonnie. And uh, yeah, I saved this one for, for you ladies because you are our younger co-hosts, and Nikki is technically a Gen Zer. I thought uh, you were going to say because we're girls and you don't want to talk about sex with nobody and uh, Chris Wade on Fridays. Well, they can't really get pregnant, so. Just kidding. That's the other side of it, for sure, Bonnie. Uh and but y'all are also responsible young ladies, and I presume you have approached sex with caution in your lives. But these women apparently haven't. This one woman is upset, Madeline V, saying she might be done with men altogether, and instead going with only female partners because she feels like she can no longer proceed without caution sexually, uh, in the wake of the Roe versus Wade. Is that like? In a quote, nope, I, f- I feel like I can no longer quote. proceed without caution. That's their interpretation at uh, that the insider insider.com. In early May, Politico obtained and published an unprecedented leaked draft opinion that, as we know, has been adopted. I guess this was written still before uh, that officially came out, would overturn the landmark 1973 Roe v. Wade ruling that guarantees federal abortion rights. And as we know, oh, they say here, and on a Friday, the high court made that ruling official. So this was written just afterwards. Ahead of the final decision, Insider spoke to members of Gen Z, those born after 1996, who said they are rethinking their relationship to sex, intimacy, and hookup culture amid the monumental ruling. Adeline T., a 17-year-old high school student in Houston, Texas, told Insider she was, quote, genuinely terrified, unquote, when she found out Roe might be overturned. Adeline, whose identity is known by Insider, asked her last name not be used. Her conservative home state certainly plays a role in that fear. Texas is one of 13 states with so-called trigger laws that are set to immediately ban all or nearly all abortions in the wake, or rather if the wake of the Supreme Court I think it means in the wake of the Supreme Court overturning Roe. Well, I will say that I am never going to be living in a state where it's illegal to have an abortion if you get raped. Like my uh, one of my best friends that still lives in Texas, Mm -hmm. she just had a baby girl and she's like, I'm not raising my daughter in Texas where even if you get raped, you can't have an abortion. I I would not live in a place where you can't have an abortion if you uh, get raped. And there is a lot of misinformation that's being spread about Roe versus Wade and just like abortions in general. Like, I know a lot of influencers and celebrities were saying that if you have an eptopic pregnancy, which is um, a pregnancy outside of the universe, so obviously it would not survive, Mm. or some other sort of, yeah, or some other sort of 
you know, medical issue where the baby would die or the okay. mother would die in childbirth. People are, are spreading this inf- misinformation that doctors would not allow you to get an abortion. Mm. They would. Mm. So if it's a, a medical issue where either the baby is not viable for life or the mother would die in pregnancy, they would still perform an abortion. You're saying in states like Texas. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Doctors would still do it. And even, you know, I'm not sure about the rape argument. I, I'm sure a lot of conservative states wouldn't care. Well, there's so there's laws that are coming out there saying zero. Yeah. Like zero tolerance. So. I mean, that the Roe versus Wade being overturned doesn't make those laws. The states make the laws. That's right. So that's probably where Roe there's some confusion. Roe versus Wade just but... says that the states can make the laws now rather than being overrided by the federal government. Mm-hmm. Or the overturning of Roe versus Wade does that. So uh, Adeline, the 17-year-old from Texas, says, quote, Surprisingly enough, I've had dreams where I'm pregnant and I can't find a way to take care of myself. She added, later correcting herself, saying the visions were more akin to nightmares. The bad dreams are new, only taking hold in her mind since the decision was leaked, she said. Quote, these nightmares could be a reality. Catherine D., a 19-year-old college student whose identity well, is... Does she mean take care of herself, like have enough to live? Because if you are putting yourself in a position to get pregnant, you need to make sure you have, you know, resources first. It's just like, I remember not wanting to date at all whenever I was like down in the, like I totaled my car and I quit my job because it, they were pissing me off and I needed to, you know, get back in a, in a state where I was, you know, on my feet. Mm-hmm. I didn't even feel like I was, I, I needed to focus on anything other than having sex. Like, yeah. I just can't imagine being that irresponsible. That's like, what a responsible person would do. I yeah, can't absolutely. take care of myself. Therefore, I'm going to go do an act that could possibly make it worse. <laughs> Make it worse for me and another person. And just her words make me think that she's allowing the government to terrorize her. Mm -hmm. You know, just just the thoughts of these things are giving her nightmares. And it's just... Well, we talked earlier about all these people with anxiety, all these young people. I haven't thought about any of this once since... I mean, it literally hasn't changed my life at all because I'm taking the necessary precautions to not get pregnant when I'm not ready to get pregnant. Catherine D., a 19-year-old college student, uh, who apparently also is known by the insider, said she was initially shocked when she learned about the leaked opinion, but when she stepped back and thought about it objectively, the decision became less surprising as she considered the Supreme Court's gender, race, and age makeup. Quote, they're not personally (laughs) affected by it, she said. Earlier this month, Insider published several social media call-outs. A lot of people are not personally affected by it because... A lot of states, most states still allow for abortions. It, it, the thing that changed is just that you should get out of states that the average person that lives there lives a lifestyle you disagree with. Right. And that would also be another responsible thing to do. Like, if you wanted to be sexually promiscuous, if you want to be irresponsible with your body in that way, then you should do the responsible thing and move somewhere where your restrictions are lessened. But we're talking about irresponsible people who want to be taken care of, and they're certainly not going to take their lives into their own hands in this way. It doesn't seem like they would rather just complain about it and have nightmares, apparently. 
Earlier this month, they published several social media call-outs asking for reactions from Gen Z regarding their thoughts on hookup culture and sex in a possible post-Roe world. Some bemoaned a constant fear, in quotes, of getting pregnant, while others described, quote, shattered, unquote, views of of child-rearing in a world plagued by climate change, COVID-19, and attacks on women's reproductive rights. It's it's really disgusting and weird to... Put the phrase like I'm I live in fear of getting pregnant, like unless you're talking about you just live in fear of getting raped, which is pretty, you know, that's kind of like a you issue too. like, well, no, I'm not saying it's it just that it's rare, but you shouldn't live in fear of anything like that. But the idea of just saying like omitting rape, if you live in fear of getting pregnant, that is so I'm not in control of myself. I just could get pregnant. You could have sex and become pregnant <laughs> that, that way. Where that come from? <laughs> right. There and there's so many different forms of birth control and I'm someone who advocates for people not using hormonal birth control mm-hmm. because I think it's terrible for your health. What's your but, recommendation for so women? So I I use cycle tracking methods. So mm-hmm. there are ways and without getting super in depth into it cuz it kind of gets a little TMI. Okay. But there are ways to track your cycle. There's only a 3-day window when women can, can get, get pregnant. pregnant month Mm -hmm. and it's not very hard to figure out when that window is is an iud considered hormonal yes okay some Uh, of them are some of them aren't okay there's more coming up here uh you can join us the number 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 this is also interesting because a lot of gen z is generally like shying away from sexual activity as well we've read studies about that in the past i don't know if they're going to address that here but that was happening long before the whole rose situation more coming up it's free talk live It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here with whatever you want to discuss. The number is 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian, Nikki, and Bonnie. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have there for you. Uh, You can uh, follow us via our podcast. You can go to feeds.freetalklive.com. You'll find links to our RSS feeds there. You can copy the one that you want. We got our main feed, we got our episodes only feed, we got the digest only feed. You copy the one that's right for you, put it into your favorite podcast client, or you can use some of the other links there to go to some of the more popular services like the Spotify's and the iHeart Media's and that sort of uh, those platforms that already have us on there. Uh, you can find all of that over at feeds.freetalklive.com. That's feeds.freetalklive.com. We are talking about a story over at insider.com, talking to some of the members of Gen Z. And they are, quote-unquote, terrified in the post-Roe world about sex without any consequences, uh, which is what they want, apparently. But now there's more potential consequences in some places. Uh, So we go to your calls and thoughts here, and we talk first to Major Payne in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Major. Hey, Ian. Hey, what's on your mind? According to one of your earlier callers, I was amiss on a story earlier that I told of the captain. Yes. About the captain. Captain Kangaroo. Yeah. So I, my apologies to the captain and all of his faithful followers. All right. Proof once again that even back in the 60s, spam came in and out of the can. Well, I think the old joke is if you remember the 60s, you weren't there, right? Uh, yeah, that's that's one of the old hippie jokes. Yeah, it certainly is. Anyway, what else were you calling about tonight? Well, you guys are talking about this Gen Z, Gen X thing, and you know the girls 
I remember even when I was a kid, there was there was girls that just came from broken homes, and they thought if they had a baby, just something that would love them unconditionally, it would just heal their world. Mm. And it just became, you know, another monkey on their back. Yep. And it's it, it it's it, it's hard being broke. You know, ain't ain't no doubt about that. But now you got all these sexual variations. Hell, you got this monkey pox, you know. All the boys are spreading their stuff with their butt loving and, and oh, it's just, everything's everything's crazy. <laughs> everything's gone just spinning right out of control. Yeah. And uh hell, I don't know. To all you girls that are animal lovers, save a horse, ride a cowboy. Love you guys. <laughs> Thanks for the call. I don't think monkeypox is only spread by gay people. I don't, I don't even think like it's real. <laughs> really? I don't believe Why it. Why are there men in, you know, lining up around blocks to get the vaccine? Are they just afraid? Or They're just afraid. Okay. Or just another victim of the Well, you don't go get the vaccine here. if you have it, Ian. Oh, okay. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> it must be just right. that they're afraid, but... Uh, let's go to Jet. He's on the line in Idaho. Go ahead, Jet. Yeah, hi. I wanted to uh, call about the bogus taxation, but I want to make a couple comments first. Sure. Um, w- number one, uh, I really enjoy it when the when we get this female perspective on there. Yeah, me too. These these guys. Uh, I wish they could. You know, one could be on every single night. <laughs> but uh, but one thing I would want to caution you against, and that is to um, to not say anything negative about the Christianity. I'll tell you why. Um, can any one of you honestly say that you have uh, had the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, indwelled within you? Nope. Yeah, when I was uh, on mushrooms and I realized that it is me and everything around me and yeah, not something have, outside of had myself. that experience to some extent. Well, uh, you, but I don't think anybody you, attacked Christianity tonight. If they did, I missed it, Jet. Oh, it was just, it was just a quick remark. But I've heard, I've heard it before. I just want to caution you because we have to distinguish between the true Christians and the ones who call themselves Christians. Let's say, 90, let's say about 92% of people call themselves Christians, but they have no clue. Mm-hmm. Okay? I agree with that. Can we, just, can we just be cautious about that? Well, yeah, I think yeah. I've, uh, I've said on the air many times that it isn't it your Christ that's the problem, it's the Christians that are, that are the problem. And yeah. I don't know if that's Gandhi's quote or whoever it was that said yeah, that. Yeah, that is Gandhi. Yeah. Nikki and I both said that on a whole episode about Christianity with uh, Aria, that if people just believed what Jesus said, I'd have no issues with them. Jesus was awesome, but well, that's what people who follow him Not a lot so of times much. suck. In other words, in other words, yeah, people can call themselves, let's say, a golfer, but if they never get out on the course, are they a golfer? No. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to be able to do that. Anyway, I want to talk about taxation. I want to have a couple questions. Like, is it um, how is it possible for your neighbor to apply a tax to you through violence? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer. Um, yeah. The point I'm trying to get at is whether it's your neighbor or your cousin or whatever, um, all these taxes uh, that we've encountered have really happened in the last 100 years, and they all seem to happen after some large war or some major disruption. Mm -hmm. And it's like their excuse to be able to, but I just want to know, well, maybe, let me say this first. You know, if you look at the tax code and you see how taxes are derived, it will say 
it is hereby imposed upon blah, blah, blah. In other words, it doesn't say who imposes it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say why. It just says it is here. So the, the magic of it all, the magic of these people who can just kind of wave their wand and go, we hereby tax you and now you owe us. And if you don't pay, we're going to hurt you. Yep. That's, uh, that's very mafia-esque. And, um, that's right. That's what they are. It's a criminal it's, enterprise uh, from top to bottom. But that's the main thing. I just, you know, my my theme has always been that these are just other humans, just other people, and that's the main thing. That if somehow you can fit that into your program every so often, you know, whenever someone brings this up about government did this, government, you know, I I don't acknowledge government um, as a Christian. You know, there is um, Jesus had a certain disdain. Um, for these people who consider themselves greater humans. I so, think Bonnie called them out as psychopaths earlier tonight when we were talking about the jail story uh, specifically. So, yeah, I'm with oh, you on yeah, this, Jet, and I definitely appreciate your call and the thoughts. It's always important to uh, to remind folks that you know, there is no such thing as government. They're just human beings that are willing to use violence on their neighbors. And I think the more important takeaway from the thing he was talking about um, in tax codes that say it is imposed, is hereby imposed, mm-hmm. blah, 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 and doesn't say it was imposed by, is the idea that government, the group of people that call themselves government, are in a scheme where they all avert responsibility. Each one both uh, believes that they have authority over someone and that someone has authority over them. So a cop, I have authority over the citizens who have to listen to me, but I have to listen to, I'm passive in a sense, to my bosses. I have just to listen following to them. Orders. Just, mm-hmm. just following orders. And that is their, just in the example of the cop, they, everyone in the government has this. That is their way of uh, shirking their responsibility. Right. So that way they uh, don't, real, not that they don't realize, like, oh, they're just clueless, but they don't allow themselves to wake up to the idea that they are every day breaking natural law and uh, making the world a worse place and doing horrible things to people because they believe both at the same time two contradictory ideas mm-hmm. that they have authority over other people and that uh, you know somebody has authority over them and they can't control what they're doing. And they know that that master, in this case the politicians or the courts, will protect them as we were talking yeah, about with the, with the jail case with qualified immunity. So uh, some of the Gen Z people that Insider interviewed over at Insider.com about sex these days, uh, bemoaned constant fear of getting pregnant. Others described shattered views of child rearing. Respondees offered a list of colorful words to describe their emotions around the draft decision. Angry, upset, disgust, and dread, chief among them. And so a lot of this, again, comes from that fear-based mentality we were talking about last night on the show, where there was actually a survey done in the U.S. of 2,000 respondents that found 52% of Americans were living in states of fear nearly constantly wow. every day they are afraid Turn off the unquote, TV. on yeah, edge right? no kidding. it was the younger generations where it went up to like 70 wow. percent uh and that's you know insane but that's the world that uh, we're living in here we talk more about fear surrounding sexuality generation z and your thoughts are welcome on free talk live
It's Free Talk Live. Moments remain here. Enough time for you if you join us now. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, Nikki, and Bonnie in the studio here tonight. Uh, sharing some opinions from some people that are really upset about the whole Roe versus Wade thing. And they're rethinking their sexual attitudes. But I think what's interesting about this, and they don't really... I don't think they actually cover this because when uh, when we've read other stories about young people in the United States and their attitudes towards sex, they've actually found that a surprising number of them are not uh, partaking in sexual activity. So there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of talk about hookup culture and all that. And that's not to say that, you know, I'm not saying that doesn't exist. Obviously it does, you know, Tinder and you know, there's all these websites and apps and that sort of thing that facilitate that. Uh, but there's a surprising number of uh, young people that just are not partaking in that. It well, like- so many people like to be like part of the outrage. So I could totally see people be like, I'm not having sex, but I'm terrified of the idea of if I want to have sex, then I might not be able to have an abortion, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm not having sex right now, but I have to be part of the upset one on of the upset people. people. They want to be upset on behalf of their friends or or just or like whatever. the off chance they may find someone to have sex mm. with them. I think a lot of these people are so insufferable that nobody wants to have sex with them. So they're just <laughs> claiming that they're being celibate. Just to be like, oh, that's why I'm not having sex. It's like, no, you're just really annoying and nobody wants to spend any time with you. They point out here that Generation Z is more likely than previous generations to support protections of LGBT rights and are themselves the queerest generation on record with one in six members of Gen Z identifying as LGBT. All these factors have inevitably affected their attitudes towards sex that uh, Insider spoke with them. The members of the generation told Insider they and their peers approach sexual relationships and intimacy in an entirely different way than previous generations. Adeline. I'm just wondering how they know that if good question they weren't a teenager in the you know yeah. 70s or something. Adeline, the uh, one of the ones they interviewed, who was I think the 17 year old from Texas, said Gen Z is one of the most open about sex and hookup culture. She told Insider that among her friends, most women are entirely supportive of other women's sexual decisions, whether they're sexually active or celibate. Overwhelming sex positivity, however, doesn't necessarily translate into overwhelming amounts of sex. The generation is actually having less casual sex than their predecessors. That was what I was talking about earlier, according to a 2021 study. Experts link the deficit to decreased alcohol consumption, excessive social media use, and increasingly delayed markers of adulthood. Hmm. Lower levels of alcohol is surprising to me. Seems like every given Gen the people Z you know. know. Yeah, it seems like every Gen Z person I know likes to drink a lot. Uh, excessive social media use is certainly a thing. They, you know, some of the studies we saw before showed that then teenagers, now maybe in their late teens and early twenties, uh, were not hanging out with one another as, for instance, my generation might have done. We would have. You know, gone to the mall or gone to a park or gone out and done something, the arcade or whatever it would have been back in the the eighties and the nineties. Now, uh, young uh, some young people don't actually meet up with their friends. They just quote unquote hang out on some sort of online platform. And they don't that have means. friends. Well, and I bet a lot of them are finding partners on social media mm-hmm. and stuff. So maybe I mean, if you're 
boyfriend lives across the country, it's kind of impossible to have sex. Yeah, I knew somebody like that in high school that met her boyfriend on Xbox Live. Wow. Like they never met in real life. And I just thought that was insane. Did they ever meet? No, they broke up before they ever met in real life. (laughs) It's like, how do you even really get to know somebody over the internet? It's That's, impossible. You couldn't possibly really know them. They all, they all, they always say that you know you don't really know somebody until you move in with them. Yeah. Uh, but if they're not copiously partaking in sexual activity, members of Gen Z said they don't approach sex as the taboo it once was. Adeline said, "quote We're a lot more comfortable talking about it." Unquote. Many of the people that insiders spoke to also said they've noticed their generational peers becoming more politically active in recent years, sparked by the Trump presidency and intensifying further throughout the pandemic. The recent Roe controversy has inspired even more young people to get involved in politics. I guess we'll see about that. There's always this big push towards young people. Oh, you know, rock the vote. MTV has had this campaign, rock the vote, since like the 1990s or maybe even before that. And there's never been any evidence that it did anything to, you know, to motivate young people to go out in larger numbers to do anything. Well, are they only talking about voting, too? Because, like, anyone can just vote not a lot of people actually go and learn how the process works and like what is actually being done to them and how they're slaves of course not though they're definitely not going to learn that and i don't know what they're referring to here uh quote this is one of the other ones they interviewed the older generation says the older generation says it's on gen z to be the generation of change but we shouldn't have we shouldn't have had to be put in that position in the first place why is it on us to change something that should have been fixed 20 plus years ago now of course we don't know what exactly she's referring to here there's you know, we don't know what her issues are, but obviously the system is pretty screwed up. We would all agree with that. And it's easy to place blame on, well, those who came before. And obviously it happened uh, on the basis of those who came before. But whether you like it or not, you're stuck with that system. So, oh, so it basically happened to everyone that is alive right now. Like the, nobody was alive and there was anarchy and then like your grandparents decided to create the federal reserve right yeah very few people are alive you know from 1913 at this point right when the federal reserve was formed and they probably weren't a part of it (laughs) right uh while gen z's feelings about abortion are fairly analogous per polling the responses that insider received in regards to living in a post-row world are decidedly more individual. Adeline has always tried to make responsible decisions regarding sex, she said. Her mother was a teen mom, and she grew up watching the ways in which that impacted both their lives. She always told herself she would wait until she was 17 to start exploring intimacy. When she reached that age earlier this year, she said she went to her mom and had an open discussion about sex where she talked about getting out birth control. But ever since the draft decision was leaked, she said she's had to entirely rethink whether or not she wants to start having sex, telling Insider she's terrified to make a choice that could leave her with an unwanted child. Just don't forget your uh, pill. The well, end. and it, it kind of sounds like a good thing almost because people should have been feeling that way before. Already. Because look, I mean, the... the the fact is the pill isn't perfect, right? No, no yeah. form of no form of birth control is perfect. You can stack up multiple forms and there's still a small chance that some little swimmer is going to get through and it's, you know, well, going to get you pregnant, right? Then you can, you know, watch your you know, make sure you know when you're ovulating and take the pill. Sure. There's definitely ways to be more responsible uh than less. Uh, but that's ultimately what this comes down to. Uh, one of them, uh, Catherine, said she has now been left to reevaluate the consequences of casual sex that have suddenly become very real. 
She says, quote, as much as I want to have fun in my 20s, what happens to me when the fun stops? What happens to me when I might be in need of an abortion and can't access that? Well, and you know, so. it's it's clear that none of these women that are speaking have ever had an abortion mm-hmm. because it's not an easy procedure. You know, it, it's very invasive. It, obviously not as invasive as an unwanted pregnancy and having to give birth to that baby but and then be responsible for it. Decision but it, it's it's no joke. You know, there's a lot of moral implications that come from it. There's a lot and of physical, health. right? Yeah. yeah, physical implications that come from it. it it's not an easy. Yeah. Well, if you catch it early, you can just take a pill and that's a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But if they actually have to go in and get the baby, if you're further along, I mean, that's it's not a one day and then it, you're done procedure. Let me bring Jack on the line here in Washington State. Go ahead, Jack. Um, I think, Ian, I'm about the same age as you. I was born in 80. Mm-hmm. What generation is 1980? It's on the borderline. Right it's like right on the border of Generation X and Millennial. And, and then uh, my next question, my follow-up. Uh, how old are you? I'm in my early 40s. Okay. I'm 42. Gotcha. Um, I was wondering, when you were a kid, so we're about the same age, what toys did you play with? Because I look back, I remember He-Man and a little bit of Ninja Turtles. I was more of a Transformers guy when I was <laughs> oh, young. Oh, yeah. 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 Was that all you were That's calling about, was what toys I played with, Jack? Well, what toys did uh, Bonnie play with? I play with? played with Polly Pocket, Littlest Pet Shop, Barbie, uh, My Scene Dolls. Um, I guess we played a, a lot of video games. Really? Yeah. You have a favorite video game? Like Maybe a, a like Animal out. Crossing. Okay. Or, Bonnie likes that one. Yeah. yeah or we play Sims. And then I played with Barbies when I was really little. Thank you, Jack, for your call tonight. <laughs> Definitely appreciate hearing from you. Here's one takeaway from this story. One respondent said the decision has made them afraid to move to any Republican states. So that's what we want to come at. That's right, what's well, important to come out of this. It's yeah. like, make your move to a place that is more right for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's lots of states or country or, yeah, states still that nothing has changed without Roe v. Wade, except now it's the state saying what to do instead of the federal government. If you don't like to be told what to do at all, then maybe you should move to New Hampshire and help us create a free state. Indeed. If you're a libertarian, voluntarist, we'd love to have you. We'll see you tomorrow.